a Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? On air. Online. You ready to have a good time? On your smart speaker and wherever you stream. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. We are speaking with the uh, one and only uh, Doug Pinnock of uh, King's X. The new album, Three Sides of One, comes out September 2nd. Uh, and as we say here in Montreal, uh, bonjour, Doug. Uh, how are you? I'm okay. Bonjour to you. Yeah. Have you? Mm. By the way, when was the last time you've been in Montreal? Like a long time ago. Uh, 30 years ever. ago. Yeah, decade <laughs> or a couple decades. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, ha- we'll have to uh, we'll have to change that. So so let's get yeah. into this uh, into this new album. Of course, everybody's talking about how it's been a decade and a half since the last one, but it's not like you've not been doing stuff. You've had the KXM, you've had the stuff with uh, other, you know, you've you've been busy. Yeah. Um. But but talk to me about getting back to making King's X music because working with Ray Luzier and and George Lynch and all that and K, it's wonderful. There are three great albums, but it's not making King's X music. Right. <laughs> um, we love yeah. Ray, by the way. Ray's the greatest. Uh, but I love Ray too. Oh, he's 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 a he's the he is one of the greatest people you will ever meet. Yeah. Um, but talk to me about making King's X music again. It was like getting together with a bunch of old friends, right? Who and uh, it was completely pleasurable and a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and it it for me personally, it helped me realize how special we are we are as as an entity you know uh and not to take away from anybody else i've played with because i've played with a lot of people and done a lot of projects lately and it's been great i've learned uh, and it's been fun uh and i think it's all musicians need to do that is play with other people actually play with as many people as you can because you can only go away with learning something right uh about your craft and what you do um so yeah it was all really a good good thing for me uh i had a lot of fun still am got more projects coming you know uh i I write so much music that and i and i and that's all i do so if king's x isn't gonna make a record for 14 years i'm gonna do something you know i i have to that's just that's what i do so that's how that gum comes out but then there's always coming back to king's x which is my baby my home my life my my profession my uh my business you know uh and uh i guess for me like like i said before it was like getting together with a bunch of old friends you're just a little older and wiser and more wrinkles a little slower <laughs> <laughs> well let, let's talk about that i mean everybody in the band has had a moment of health issues whether you've you've mentioned being depressed when we've had you know other other stuff going on um how does that affect the band's uh future in the sense of do you do you put this album together and say all right we're going to hit a tour we're going to do a two album a two-year cycle and then we're going to come back and make another one or do you say hey you know what we're going to put this down. We're going to have to slow it down. How does that in- affect the band moving forward? Uh, actually, what we're saying is put the record out. And if everybody's feeling good, we're going out. We're going to tour. We're going to do what we do. You know, um, there's no there's no uh, conversations about 
hanging it up or quitting. Uh, we laugh sometimes and think, <clears throat> how long can we do this? Right. You know, and that's that's and that truthfully, yeah, you know, you wonder. But at this point, it seems like we're still going to keep doing it. Uh, after Good. the last few shows we did, it was encouraging and said that us old farts can still rock out. So, you know, <laughs> we'll keep on going for a while. You'll keep on going for a while. Uh, <laughs> talking about stuff that makes you laugh. Every so often, I'll turn on Hair Nation on, on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And I will see King's X on there, and every time I see that, I go, "They're not a, they're not a fucking hair metal band." What, what, we are what? not a fucking hair metal band. <laughs> it's, like, I, it's like, what the hell is this? I would like to know who in the world, right, does that all the time to us. I mean, I really do because we're always in the hair metal in everything we do. That's where they put us, and it's like I don't think they really look at. They don't care who it is. It's a date. It's a time. It really is a and, date. They go, oh, an album came out in 1989. It's got to be hair metal. Right. It's like, right. And no, so that's not. what we are. When we weren't, <laughs> we were not hair, hair metal. We were not grunge. We were our own thing. Remember 88 and 89? 88 and 89, there was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Faith No More, King's X, mm-hmm. uh, and what was the other band? Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction, yeah. And and there was and, and there might have been more, but those are the four bands I, I it seemed that just came on the scene and was different and nobody could categorize them. Right. And they still can't. And for some reason, because we didn't spike our hair, we they didn't put us in the alternative thing, you know? Cause cause Jane's Addiction sounded like Guns N' Roses to me, with a different singer and different players. Yeah. The songs had that same vibe. Uh, so, you know, it was it was all about what what was the perception at the time, because it was all about marketing and they did not know how to market King's X. They tried and they failed. <laughs> well, well, they did. And, and, I, and I do want to talk about that, too. But but how would you describe what King's X does? Because I, I do believe, like you like you might have indicated, mm-hmm. that you are a thing onto yourself i mean when you talk about metallica metallica is not a metal band metallica is a whole fucking genre onto themselves duran duran is a genre onto themselves madonna is a genre onto and i do feel the same way about king's x you're not hair metal you're not grunge i don't think you're just straight up rock i think there's a little bit more going so how do you describe what you're doing i always tell people it's it's sort of like if you love King's X and you get the sound, people right. tell me as soon as they hear the first second of the beat, they know it's King's X. Right. So we have a really strong identifiable sound. I have no clue what it is. I look around and go, there's U2, there was Yes, there was, you know, there's, I mean, look at Guns N' Roses even, you know, uh, 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 God, you can. There was another band I wanted to name that just. You can just go down. Oh, Led Zeppelin, basically. It's like, what do you call Led Zeppelin? No one's ever been able to call them anything either. You know, um, it's almost like, why do people have to put you in a genre? Uh, it, it's always baffled me. But then we always have to put things in boxes so that we can classify things so we can understand them. And then we can say, I like that, so I'm a part of that group. And, you know, thank God we weren't called a grunge band. 
you know, or or other bands, or other eras, you know, 80s. I mean, well, we're calling a hair metal band. So there you go. So <laughs> You're a hair metal but the, band the, the, the thing around. is, you know, what do you do? You know, it, uh, you buy the, some the mascara funny, and you buy some uh, Aquanet. That's what you do uh, if you're a hair metal band. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. That was 88. This is 2022 coming. Uh-huh. So there's been, what, three, four generations of kids who have come along that have no clue as to any of this and think hair metal is cool. So, Well, listen, I love hair metal. Now... Just you know, quick. I didn't like it, but you go to some towns like, that go to Austin, man, and it's hair, hair metal capital. It's like everybody sounds like Bang Tango. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, and listen, the, the stadium tour right now with Poison and Motley Crue and stuff, which were a definition of hair they're, they're doing $5 million, I think, a show or per week. I know it's, those motherfuckers. I hate them. I talked to Nick yesterday, Mick yesterday from Molly Crew. You know, I talked to him, you know, on a weekly basis, and uh, we text each other. And uh, I got my godson into the show last night. He's seventeen, and he's a huge Molly Crew fan. And he got to, you know, he got to the meet and greet, and they kind of took him aside and talked to him for a bit and signed some stuff. And they didn't do that for everybody else. So he's like. He took the day off from school and he's just losing it. He's so excited. Uh, but yeah, it's like they're all out. They're all out there. I mean, everybody. But you know, here's two things. This is a roaring 20s because there was a pandemic and then the 20s happened. Um, this is our roaring 20s. Everybody's been pinned up for a year and a half, two years. Yep. And, it, and they're ready to go party. And those humongous bands, everybody's been playing their records for two and a half years or a year and a half, two years. And a lot of people have been discovering these bands because they've had nothing else to do but go down the rabbit hole. And so, man, when it comes time to go out and see a band, it's pretty scary. Like, he, he sent me pictures of, of the Motley Crue uh, Def Leppard show. And I'm looking around going... I don't even go to these. Any. I mean, uh, arena 15,000 seaters was the norm in the 90s. Now it's 60,000. And I go, where, where all these fucking people come from? And how can we get this many people to come see us? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, spe speaking of that, how do you do you package the band or or market the band in terms of a live performance? Because it's, it's nice to go out in the clubs and play for whatever a thousand, two thousand, but. It, in a sense, a, a package like the stadium tour, they won't necessarily look at King's X. They'll say, oh, it's no, not for our fan base. No, not at all. A and the other ones, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff that you mentioned, they're, they're like, well, we're not going to call up uh, a tie-in company to, to put them on. So, so how do you get yourself in front of that many? I mean, is it just play festivals? Is that? The only way King's X is, as far as I know, has ever been able to open for something like that, like an, uh, a big name act was that they asked. Right. Um, now we've done a lot of European festivals, uh, European festivals. They, they take a lot of bands 
And maybe it's just because we're all cheap and, and Europeans love to go out and spend a weekend just listening to music. But I mean, you know, we I remember we played Sweden Fest one time and we played with uh, Wishbone Ash, nice. you know, and I'm going, whoa, because I haven't, you know, I haven't played a record by them since 72. So it was like really cool and ministry played, you know, so. So Europe is a whole different ball game, but here in the U.S., uh, it's all political. Every last bit of it. That's why I hold none of my friends responsible for anything. You know, it's like like a lot of my people, my <clears throat> friends who 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 don't know the business will say, "Dude, why don't you call up so and so, man? You know, they they credit you guys and blah blah blah. You should hope for them." And I'm going, "No, it doesn't work that way. It's this. They're these bands. It's a business." And and if they're not making money, then the business is falling apart. They got people they got to pay. There's a there's a oh dude the, the yeah, overhead the, 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 the overhead is is incredible. Just the production cost. All right, it's a lot. Right. You know, everybody's yeah. talking about how it's been 14 years for since the last album. Mm-hmm. But of course, in the 80s and 90s, end of the 80s, or there was an album every two years, year and a half, two. I mean, you were pumping them out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you look back at that and think, wow, great, we have a great body of work? Or do you look back and say, maybe we should have taken four or five years and maybe picked out of these 20 or 30 songs, <laughs> maybe pick the well, best ones and make it, you know, it's, it's, it goes both ways. Well, I'll always think that. Okay. Uh, every one of those records I listen to, I just go, that song could have been worked on more or that. Right. There was another song in my demo box that could should have been. Or I should have put that on the King's X record instead of my solo record. You know, but in hindsight, yeah, I mean, you look back, we all look back and go, yeah, what if? And at this point, I don't give a fuck, you know. It's like, I did what I did, I do what I do, and I got nothing to prove anymore. Uh, I, I used to feel a bit different when I was younger, you know. I mean, we're still attached to these uh, you know, all this stuff and the insecurities and all the the pretentiousness of it, you know, and things. But now I just look back and go, wow, that was a good ride. I was throwing everything but the kitchen sink and that shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it says, let's keep on doing it. You know, we got people out there that still want to hear this shit. So I'm going, okay, <laughs> why not? You know, why not? Yeah. Now, and, now you, you mentioned- know, and, and you get a paycheck. Got to have a paycheck. I mean, I work for a living. You know, I'm not retired. You know, King's X pays my bills. So uh, I have to do this. You know, there's no retiring here. I don't have no 401k, you know. Well, well, talk to me about that. I I mean, do you have to basically keep touring and making records until the day you drop, until you drop off the stage? I mean, because that's... that's, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if we don't tour, maybe we can have this massive merch thing that people will buy and you know also you know through the years um we get more rights back to our music and you know we still get those little checks that dribble dribble in from radio airplay or videos or whatever (laughs) from from Um, your nation (laughs) right it's true it's not very much uh i mean i mean it's barely enough to pay a bill but uh you know the only thing i could hope for is one day something happened where everybody some kind of song or something king's x did where we got the attention of millions of people and they went down that rabbit hole for a second 
and and it was king's x mania for a year or something you know you know that would probably help because then yeah money would come in but if not you know we have outside things i do my solo projects uh time masters records uh jerry literally saved a company from going bankrupt uh because he's so well with numbers right because uh he just went in there and says hey man let me see your books and he just straightened everything out and he says you're an honorary member so he kind he's kind of on the payroll and uh, he just keeps an eye on the books when he needs to so you know i mean we're all you know we are retiring age you know so I mean, we're not going to go out and work at McDonald's or pack. You're not going to be at the Ralph's on Sunset anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah, I can go out and do a storytellers or do clinics, you know, and play bass for the the youngins. And, you know, there's always kind of there's all these things we do, but we still will have to do that. You know, we don't put it this way. If we stop doing all of this and did nothing, then I would. I wouldn't make it on social security and Jerry and Ty aren't old enough to have social security yet. Wow. So, you know, here's this, the, yeah, the truth is we're just like everybody else. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. so talk to me a little bit about the relationship with Ty and Jerry, because for, 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 for the lack of, 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 you know, this is basically the band and it's been the band. I mean, you had a couple of other guys that sort of played at the very beginning, but this has been yeah. the band. Um, a lot of bands change members. A lot of bands bring new guys in. A lot of bands leave, and then the guy comes back ten years later. You know, whether it's Tom <laughs> Peterson and Cheap Trick or uh, Bruce Dickinson, Earl Smith, or... <laughs> all of them, right? By yeah. the way, Jimmy Crespo was a great fucking player. I love. Him. Yeah, he was. But you haven't talk to me about that bond and that respect and that ability to stay together and have a unified vision and go. This is King's X. When you're off with Ray and 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 George and all those are other things, but this is King's X, and these three people are King's X. Period. End of story. You know, it's kind of like when Jerry all Jerry says uh, it's like a relationship. Right. So I look at it that way. It's like some people just find that person that they stay with for the rest of their lives, and they have no desire to leave. And they're they're completely um, okay, you know. It's it's like everybody just works well with each other, and even the even the rough parts, you know, smoothed out to the point where you just you appreciate each other and you just live live your life, you know. I mean, I think that's what's happened with us. I don't know why. I always tell people we're just idiots and we stuck it out. Um, <laughs> Three happy idiots, right? Yeah. It's 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 somewhere in the back of our minds we knew that there was something special going on here. Um but we never have been able to discuss it or talk about it. But I think it's what's kept us to go kept us going. Um uh, you know, like there's U two and there's ZZ Top and uh probably Green Day maybe. Uh yeah, we're one of the few bands that that never changed after the first record came out. Uh, I don't know. It's just like marriages, I guess, you know. Just a handful of them, till death do us part, the rest of them end up in the divorce. Uh, and by the way, ZZ uh, Top, man, uh, the guy passes away, and like a week later, they're, they're playing the next gig, and I was just like, 
Wow, after 50 years? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I respect their I respect their decision to keep moving forward and, and keeping mm. the business viable, but at, but at mm. some point you just went, you went, wow, really? Like 10 days later you're you're Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that is that what King's X is going to do if one of you drop off? It's just going to be like, well, uh, let's just get I a new bug and let's you. keep moving. <laughs> I promise you it's over. Yeah, okay. You know, all three of us would never never put another King's X back together again. We would never do that. It's not that we think someone else shouldn't. Right. Um, you know, I say Pantera, do whatever you want to. It's your decision. I have nothing to do with it. And who am I to judge? I'm not there. Yeah. You know, uh, in with ZZ Top. That ooh, one was a bit. That one was I a bit. Just heard, I had just heard about that not too long ago and it kind of went in one ear not the other but now that you say it was only 10 days it was quick i mean uh, i'll have to like verify it but it was super quick they were back was, on the road that, that was like ozzy and randy you know yep um you know well it says two things it says one the business is mightier than the the person yep and the other thing is well that was the relationship well, i guess <laughs> and, and, I'll, and i'll say this listen i agree that the business is mightier than the individual mm. however i will give them the benefit of the doubt because if they pack it up and go home that means the truck driver that's riding the gear doesn't get exactly paid. that means exactly. the guy who's doing the lights doesn't get paid that that goes all along down the line mm -hmm. And those are the people that can't afford to not get paid. Right, right. So and here's the here's the thing. Also, right. though, is those bands have so much money right. that they could take the loss and write it off. Right. See the the argue, we we could you can get, like the the machinations of the business, yeah. especially in a band that's so big. You're mm -hmm. right. They could have taken yeah. two years off and had enough money mm. in the bank to even pay all the truck drivers and say, look, they, they could pay it all off today from their own bank accounts yeah. and not have, not even scrunch and write it off. Bullshit, My, man. Yeah. But when it comes to people with money, I stay out of that conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't have it. I don't have it. So I don't know. You know, like I always say, there's always two sides to everything. Of course. And I, I can't judge because I've never been in that situation. Uh, but uh, but I, I do. Uh, it, it, but it does show me the relationship that they had. It's like, you know, I don't think I could walk on a stage without Ty and Jerry. I don't know how I could do that. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the biggest reason is, is because they have a way they play. And I don't think I could get used to somebody else doing King's X, you know, because I'm used to the nuances and I'm new. I'm used to that thing. I don't think I could do it because I've tried to do King's X songs with other people at jams and things. And it was the hardest thing for me to do. I couldn't even, sometimes I couldn't get through the song because I would get lost. Right, because the timing's so, off, right? Well, I'm, I'm so used to everyone else's nuances and their cues and the way they do things. And everybody doesn't do things exactly the way, you know, it was done, you know. So it threw me off because King's X music isn't, it's a, it, it's pretty intricate when it comes to the nuance factor of us. We play in each other's minds. Uh, and 
that only happens in certain bands. That's probably why we're together. It's U2 is like that. ZZ Top was like that even. Uh, Pantera to me was like that. Um, there's, you know, those, those bands that when you go see them, there's this connection that they all have that you just kind of go, it's one thing that comes at you. And, um, that's what we have, you know, no matter how bad an individual is in this band or how bad of a night we have some reason that the, the, the color that we create uh, forgives <laughs> forgives uh, us <laughs> for our badness, you know, or how bad we are. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. It's, it's like watching Led Zeppelin. It's like, boy, those guys weren't all that great by themselves. But boy, oh boy, when they hit that first note, it's like, Jesus, this is something I'm liking. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen, the, the argument I always hear is, oh, Lars Ulrich is not a great drummer, but I, I don't care. When yeah. he's in Metallica, he is Metallica. Those guys are Metallica. And you take Lars out of there and you put in Neil Peart or you put in Dave Lombard, you put in anybody who you right. might think is better, it's right. not Metallica. Right. The the only the only drummer that they 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 took out and put a new drummer in was Ray Luther with Corn. Ray, I think, really stepped it up. But yes. but the it, but, but the original but the oh oh yeah oh yeah yeah I'm t I was talking about Corn. Yeah, but, of course, uh, of course. yeah, Metallic, yeah. yeah uh, because uh, Corn, their drummer, really did bring something new to the table. The original drummer, he did because that whole thing every drummer played like that after that you know right. but uh in metallica as far as i'm concerned like master of puppets it's like that's a that's a drummer's uh one on one on one on metal you know it's like jesus that record even i said to lars i said man the the, the drumming on that was incredible when i first met him a long yeah. time ago and he said to me he says yeah you should see how many times we spliced that tape he said probably more splices <laughs> but, in history. But so what? And we I mean, laughed it, about it. And, and, well, that's what I love about him. He admits it. He says, I'm not the greatest drummer in the world. Like Jimmy Page says, I'm not the greatest guitar player in the world. But this, that other thing that people forget about, that other thing that you bring. And that's the problem with a lot of musicians is they think that they, they discredit you if you you aren't the whole package but there's some people bring in certain things and other people bring in other things yeah you know what i'm saying it's like some guitar players go oh hendrix wasn't that great you know stevie ray Vaughan was better but how can you say that when stevie ray Vaughan was copying Jimi hendrix yes you and, know and he refined it maybe but he didn't do it better and now i'm going to take it back to the hair metal thing cc the yes. villain poison plays mm -hmm poison songs the way they're supposed to i think many people would argue that eddie van halen is better but eddie van halen playing poison songs wouldn't work it would no, sound wouldn't. like shit. that's true <laughs> <laughs> i mean it that's would true. so you know and those those bands you know the reason why they get big is because there's something about the music and the and way the they played it yeah, like and, you. yes Exactly. And so I, I, I remember seeing Poison uh, when Look What the Cats Dragged In yeah. record came out. It wasn't even on a major label. And there was like eight people in the club. And I remember they walked on stage. They were not in drag. They did not have their hair sticking up. And they just rocked out. Yeah. And it was, you know, I'm going, wow. And it was six months they were selling arenas. But it was like, wow. Yeah. You know, uh, last question here, because I know we're going to have to wrap up. It's half an hour. Uh, in terms of 
of the album, Three Sides of One, you, mm-hmm. we, again, we've had 14 years. So do we have 14 years of songs sort of lying around and on the iPhone and in the notes, and then you put them together? Or did you get together for this one and say, okay, we need a new batch of songs that are fresh. They haven't been sitting on a hard drive for 10 years. What was the process in terms of getting new music to the fans? Well, this record, um, hardly anything was older than three years, you okay. know, uh, if that. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been writing and writing and writing and writing, and we've been, I've been doing side projects and solo records and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Uh, I think Ty and Jerry continue to write too. And when we get together to, to, uh, when we bring our songs to the table, it's usually new songs. Right. Um, old songs, we just kind of go, they're old now, you know, and you, that, that, that life, that excitement that you had back in the day, it's over. You wrote, you feel like you wrote better songs. So you don't want right. to pull out that song you wrote 10 years ago. Um, so these, we very seldom do that. Maybe every once in a while that might happen, but hardly ever. Um, and so this record is the same way. I had 27 new songs and wow. this was before the pandemic. Uh, and Ty, wrote, Ty brought six in, Jerry brought five in, I think. And, Look at those uh, slackers. You have 27, they have five. I mean, come on. Yeah. I brought, well, I write <laughs> a lot. Right. I, I think that I'm more forgiving, you know, or I trust my songs more. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know because Jerry might have written hundreds of songs. He just never showed them to us. Uh, and, and Ty, you know, I mean, I know that Ty must have mounds and mounds of songs, but from those guys is they will only submit a few songs. They don't, they don't give us everything. I love everything that i write so i go i got 30 songs here let's sift through them you know and um they'll find maybe eight or nine songs that they like and it'll break my heart and i'll take the other ones and go do a solo record (laughs) (laughs) is there a solo record coming by the way oh i just did my joy bomb true and um uh, well i have i got 30 songs sitting there waiting to finish up and what i'm gonna do is in the next few months i'm gonna finish them all up with vocals and get them all done and send them all to ty and jerry and say which ones you guys want to do for the next record and let them like live with them for a while Mm -hmm. and 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 like what they like and tell me what songs they don't like and or they don't care for uh, i shouldn't say don't like uh, they, they, what, what we always well, say well, is, what that I'm don't not, fit for what, king's x or whatever well, what we say is we don't we're not feeling it there's nothing we don't care if it don't fit if it don't fit we're going to do it but if they're not feeling it that's the thing if they're not feeling it then we're not going to do it and so then i'll take those and put a solo record out but what i do with those songs is i take them back and i go okay hmm let's go down the list and figure out what might I can do to improve these or right. re, 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 redo them. And I usually will find new ways or I'll keep them like that and go, I like that song. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what you do. You send them off to Ty and Jerry, but you CC on the email, George Lynch and Ray Luzier and say, listen, you two fuckers, if you don't take him, 
these other two are taking him. Well, well here's it. You, you plant that seed in their head. Yeah, I'm not that evil. <laughs> I'd like to, though. But the thing is, with, with the other bands, um, the other bands, we do everything together. Right. You know, I don't, I don't write uh, my tunes for other bands at all because I, I'd rather uh, write songs together in all the other side projects. It's kind of more fun that way. Right. King's X is just my baby when it comes to, I've always written songs. And and when King's X, you know, when we started, you know, I had a pile of songs from the day we started. So I've just been writing songs and, and it's what I love to do. Uh, later on down the line, Ty and Jerry started submitting songs because they write songs, but I don't think they were concerned about songs in the early days. We just... They just did my songs and we played them. We just bounced off the walls and and then it morphed into this, and, which is cool too. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, it, it really true. It's like Kings X is the only band that does my songs. <laughs> yeah, and we do theirs. You know, Ty and Jerry same way. You know, I do theirs and uh, and it's kind of fun. And it works. I mean, the excitement of fans talking about this album, everybody's like, wow, they got an album. They, and the interviews are popping up, and, and yeah. fans, fans are like, wow, they're back. Thank God. So, you know. I'm hoping people love it. I, I think they will. I've, I've had a chance to hear it. There's a what lot do you of think? Heavy. Tell me. Listen, it, there's a lot of heavy. There's a lot mm -hmm. of... Um, What's the word? Uh, like mood to it. Like there's there's like there's mm -hmm. some darkness to it in parts, mm -hmm. and there's some lights. It's moody. It's it's energetic. It says something. It it doesn't sound paint by numbers. It's not like oh, all right, let's make it now. Like there's there's emotion in it. It is it is really something <laughs> special. Awesome. Well, I know this review is going to be good then. Good. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm, it's always going to be good. I've, I've interviewed awesome. you and Ty over the years. And of uh -huh. course, I, I, I love Ray Luzier. I would, I would mm -hmm. certainly not disrespect one of his friends. So nothing but love from me for you. Oh, yeah. It's no, no. We love Ray, too. I've been known Ray for, geez, I think first time we played in L.A., he came to see us. And I've known him ever since. Yeah, no, he top top. Uh, he was uh, he was in a band with some of the guys from the Killer Dwarves back in the day. He was. Yeah, he was in a God. band with uh, Jerry Finn of the Killer Dwarves, and they oh. were doing like disco covers. You're gonna have to ask. I him had about no that. idea. I have to bring that up because he yeah. was in Steel Panther for a while, and then David Lee Roth and Army yeah. of Anyone, and my God, so many bands. Ray can Ray can get down and boogie. He he he's amazing. I mean, he, he has can, that ability. He has a photographic memory, I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, 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 one time, me and Tommy Baldwin, uh, I produced his record, "A Young Kid Who Plays Guitar," and um, he, we were going to do a, this song at a jam, and he was on the plane. He gets off the plane, gets in the 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 taxi, puts his headphones on, plays the song, walks on the stage plays it didn't miss a beat yes yes it's like geez sometimes for the for the next for the next uh, kxm album tell him to throw in some of his disco beats and and and, and pump up that uh, that sound and get it get it get it funky yeah, maybe we'll do that you never yeah. know <laughs> thank you doug, <laughs> thank you, doug. always a pleasure uh, three sides of one available everywhere of course uh, starting in uh, september september 2nd uh, awesome. Merci bien, as we say in Montreal. Thank Merci you. Merci beaucoup. 
Or what is it? Merci beaucoup. You got it. Yes. An all-new episode of the Mitch Lafon and Jeremy White Show. Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews, bonus content, and episodes on demand now. Visit youtube.com slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch Lafon and at Jeremy White MTL.